Welcome to our podcast, Transparently Speaking. I am Diana, and I have a son who transitioned at a young age to become his true self. And I am Joy. I have also supported my daughter to transition at an early age. We are here to share our experience and our learning along this journey. We want to provide support and guidance parent to parent. And if you find yourself on a similar journey, we want you to know that you are not alone. So let's dive in, transparently speaking. Diana, as we head into the holidays, some of us may be facing some angst or noticing a tendency to avoid engaging with our families or wondering what might happen, feeling like people may not show up in a supportive way for us and our gender expansive kids. Yeah. And there's a lot of decisions people have to make at this time of year. Do they test the waters? What are their limits? What are they willing to put up with? But I'd also offer as people make those decisions of what's right for them, do they spend time with family? Do they not? Do they set expectations or boundaries ahead of time? Do they not? But also consider how do you take care of yourself? What are your limits? As I learned that one the hard way over Thanksgiving. Yeah, please do share what happened at Thanksgiving, Diana. Well, I should say Thanksgiving, I actually did well, but it kind of cost me. So the Friday after Thanksgiving, I was at my mom's house and she had mentioned something about Bill Maher. She didn't think I liked him. I'd never talked to him about it. She's probably confusing me with my sister, but I just said, well, I don't, I don't really care either way, you know, about Bill Maher, but he has in recent times when I have caught glimpses of a show said some anti-trans things. She said, really? I've never heard him say anything anti-trans. The only thing I ever heard him say was that he doesn't understand why these parents are allowing their children to make these big decisions when their children don't even understand the simplest things about life or the world. And they are listening to their children and making decisions that have long-term effects. He doesn't understand why they would do this. Now, a lot of what she said is what she said to me when Dinah transitioned. I don't know why you're allowing these things and da 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 It was like a scab had been ripped off and it was raw skin right there again of hearing those words that cut so deep that reminded me of that conversation where she included in the original conversation, I've never thought you were a good mother to any of your four children. All of it came rushing back to me of those words that you're too permissive. But in the moment of her repeating Bill Maher's words, I just said, hmm, I've never heard him say that. I've just heard him refer to female athletes at boys playing girl sports. She's like, oh, I haven't heard that. That's terrible. And in my mind, I'm thinking, really? Because I think what you just said is way worse. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they're both bad. I can't say one's worse, but one, one hurts more. Yeah. I was just like, good night. And I went upstairs and I cried. And I cried for the memories of that original conversation. I cried because it's like, she didn't consider that anti-trans. That was part of it. I've never heard him say anything anti-trans. This is the only thing I've heard him say, meaning it's not anti-trans is the way I interpreted that to be. And that thing that she said is the argument that is pushing the laws about child abuse and about not providing medical care to our kids. I tell myself this story, which is never good for me, but I often tell myself the story as I think about that. Like if I can't even get my mom to understand How am I going to advocate in this world to strangers? I can't even get her to understand. Hmm. 
And of course, there's the part like, does she still think I'm a horrible parent who's too permissive based on that comment? One even more important to me is, does she not see Dinah for who he really is? So that one took me a while to recover from, even though she has no idea. Oh, so you never communicated back with her about that? I did not. I didn't see that it would lead anywhere, Mm -hmm. knowing her. And I'm assuming, I never know until try, but I think she'd be really defensive. She's an attorney. (laughs) So by trade, so her general approach to conversations is never admit you're wrong. Sometimes when she leaves it, she'll come back. But knowing that her husband feels that way that she talked about, it's going to be, he's usually the one that helps her see another side. So without him seeing another side, I I don't see it landing anywhere well. Yeah. Ugh. So in this theme, as we're sharing this really challenging story with our listeners, how did you care for yourself, Diana? Well, I talked to Arthur, my husband, about it. He just kind of shrugged his shoulders like, of course. (laughs) Remember, he's Mr. Matter of Fact. (laughs) I talked to a couple of close friends about it. I got coached. As we've talked about, I'm a life coach. I get coached. I did some journaling, this form of coaching myself the way I do it. And I think the biggest thing I tried to come to was like, okay, if you're not going to do anything about this, then accept that that's your decision and let it go. Mm -hmm. And I think the other part of it too, is recognizing that thought, starting to look at can I tell myself a different story than if I can't get my parents to understand, I can't get anyone to understand it's hopeless, because that creates a feeling of hopelessness for me. Mm -hmm. Can I come up with another story that I believe instead of that one? Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm working on it. Well, I was, I was going to ask, right? So you reached out to various resources for support, right? Your loved ones, your friends, even some professional coaches. And I was going to ask, so where, you know, what did you learn in the midst of that? And really what I hear you saying is, well, I came to the self-awareness that the story I'm telling myself isn't helpful. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I'm also hearing you say, and I realized that I was, you were probably struggling with making a decision about whether you're going to bring it up and have that conversation with your mom. And so that was your other decision around. No, that I can't see anything positive coming from additionally exploring that. Yeah. And I had a good friend even say like, do you even think that she remembers that original conversation or that she had connects the two? I'm like, "Mm, I don't know, to be honest. Sometimes I think she does. Sometimes I think she doesn't, but it's a fair point. Mm -hmm. I thought I had kind of packaged that up and managed it well, but fast forward a couple of weeks later when I was kind of tired, I had had a deadline that day. I met it, but (laughs) barely. So I'd been like, it'd been a day of like pressure and stress and then running around and stuff. And I had a conversation with my dad and I'm super close to him. He's been on the podcast. He's one of our greatest supporters. He's an amazing person, biggest, kindest heart. And our last podcast had just come out. And so he was asking me some questions about it. And this is what I want to offer our listeners about taking care of yourself. In hindsight, I was in no position to talk about it. For some reason, I thought I was invincible. Yeah, it's been a tough day. You're, you're still kind of wound up from all the stress of the day. And now you're being asked questions about the podcast, wanting to know more information, what I knew about the research, stuff like that. I couldn't answer. And I I try to answer questions very matter of factly, but I couldn't do it. 
I was curt with him and I felt angry from some of the questions, not because they were bad questions actually, but because either I had, I was telling myself, well, I answered this in the podcast. Like I addressed this issue in the podcast. It goes back to that story. Okay. I addressed it in the podcast. And if my dad doesn't even get it, how am I going to get anyone else to understand this? But that story came back again and, and can't get my mom to understand it. Can't get my dad to understand and let me just back up. My dad understands. My dad does not share any of those thoughts my mom does at all. Nothing like that at all. He was just asking questions about sports and what do we know about hormones and differences and all that stuff. So I'm answering him curtly. And he eventually says to me, you know, you're going to get these questions. You're going to get these questions, Diana, and you're going to have to learn how to answer them calmly because you have the opportunity to change people's minds and and educate people but if if you approach them in a way that you can't stay calm you're not going to be very effective and i lost it it was like everything came down at once it was like all that tension that had built up from the conversation with my mom from the past year of like wondering what law is going to come in our state are we going to have to move who's going to be elected governor what's coming on next Who's going to accuse us of child abuse? Are we going to be outed? All these things just kind of came at once. And I was told to calm down. Look at me. I can't even say calm now talking about it. <laughs> just so you know, it's opposite day in my world. Tell me to calm down. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so, but what I really thought is I felt like it erased the nine years of staying calm, how intentionally when when Clark transitioned, that the first thing I told myself is I can't be this like passionate, explosive person anymore. I have to be calm so that people don't see me as the crazy parent and they don't take my kid away. So I have stayed calm for nine years. And so when he said, you have to stay calm, I know he was coming at that with so much love and trying to help me. But in my mind, I was like, excuse me? (laughs) And I'm not proud of what I said next, but I will share it. I said, you're telling me to down. You don't think I know that. You don't think I know that I have to stay calm to educate people. You think I need you to mansplain to me that I need to calm down to educate? And I just started crying. And my poor dad, he didn't know what to do. He was trying to help. He was trying to be supportive. And he was at a loss and he heard my pain and, and he doesn't know like all those other things that have been on our shoulders and that just came crumbling down in that moment. And he tried to get me to calm. <laughs> he usually listens. So he'll probably never tell me to calm down again, but <laughs> he tried to tell me to calm down, which like I said, has the opposite effect. And I just finally said, you know what? You're right. I do need to learn to calm down. And I need a moment to myself. I just can't talk right now. I just can't. And I love you. And I'll talk to you later. And all he could say is, I love you, Diana. And so we got off the phone. And I think the reflection from that conversation was the big one. And it's like, we have to make room for ourselves. We don't always have to answer questions. We also have to be in touch with where we are. When I'm tired, probably not a time to engage. I think this holiday when I'm around family, 
if I'm feeling really tired or that stressed feeling in my body where everything's kind of tight, I'm going to go try to take a walk or take a moment to myself. If I hear them talking about anything about gender or the news or politics, that might be a great opportunity for me to walk away until I can be in a better place. And maybe this holiday, I'm just not going to be in a better place. Mm -hmm. I think in hindsight, I wish I had said from the beginning and I initiated because he said, I heard your podcast and I said, what do you think? If I had to go back, I would just be like, great. Because <laughs> I was not in a position to engage in a conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I hear you saying, if I could do it again, I would have had that self-awareness or I would have known. And instead of engaging, I would have just said, great, let's talk about it another time. Yeah. It's been a long day. Today's not the day where I want to talk about my podcast. Yeah, because I want him and other people to be able to ask me questions. And he's absolutely right. When I get upset, I do not invite people to come back and ask questions like don't ask her. (laughs) (laughs) She's scary. (laughs) She'll accuse you of mansplaining. (laughs) Diana, thank you so much for sharing both of those stories and being willing to really live in to those experiences again. And they're obviously really powerful still as you shared them with us. Thank you. And I'm amazed at your ability to see both of these experiences, to be able to share and to be in your experience again, as you're telling the story, and then to see the love that your dad has for you. It's absolutely gorgeous. Thank you again. And I I give you so much credit. I was asking, you know, kind of, well, how do you navigate this? How do you do it? And I think the key message for our listeners is do what you can to be self-aware about what you need and create some version of boundaries or establish limits for yourself and communicate with the loved ones around you of how they can show up to help you. So I know, for instance, there are certain people that trigger me. So I might have a conversation with my husband about, Hey, if you notice me engaging with so-and-so, can you please come rescue me? Or, you know, like, or upfront, I already know that, you know, so-and-so's behavior always drives me nuts. And so if I notice that behavior, can you come, you know, again, rescue me? Or if you see that happening, give me a little nudge or make a joke out of it so that maybe I can laugh instead of just burning up with fire inside. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah. So for our listeners, right, what do you know going into the holidays that might be challenging? How do you set yourself up for success? How do you set yourself up to be able to navigate those challenging situations if you anticipate those coming up for you? And how can you surround yourself with loved ones to make sure that you've got the support you need? What other tips would you offer there, Diana? I'll see my mom again this holiday season. So I'm going to do my best to let that previous story go because I think the only way it would do any purpose to bring it up is if it was coming from, like, if she had said something like, oh, I think you're a great parent, which to be honest, I haven't heard her tell me. She used to tell me that. I haven't heard her tell me since Dinah transitioned. But if she did, then I might bring up, well, sometimes that's hard for me to believe. But otherwise, if I'm going to let it go, it's like, I'm going to have to take time for myself. For me, I like to exercise. So doing that each day and then taking some time to journal or reflect just a little bit about 
how I want to approach things. And like I said earlier, knowing when certain conversations come up, it's like a great time to go check to see if I left something in something that's in a different room. <laughs> Let me make sure I have <laughs> this thing that's really important that I don't remember what it's called. So I got to go. But you know, that's the thing. And I think we've talked about, we're very fortunate. Our, our families refer to our kids by their names and their pronouns. But thinking back earlier on, even that decision ahead of time with your family, with your kids, starting with like, for me, it would be with Clark. How do you want to handle it? If grandma keeps calling you, she, do you want me to correct? Do you want to correct? How do you want to correct? If there's ever a point in which you want to leave, let us know. That's always an option. You know, just that kind of conversation of where you want to set your limits and where they set their limits. I mean, for us, Clark was always like, when my mom did have a hard time, when he first transitioned, Clark was always like, oh, she's trying. It's fine. She's trying. It's hard. It's been a long time that she knew me as she. And so he was just this amazingly understanding while I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) (laughs) One thing I'd offer to our listeners too, is I know folks whose relatives might be experiencing dementia and things like that. And they've come to some version of acceptance too, that no, right. There's no way grandma or grandpa are going to have the ability, the capability to embrace or to be able to use the language that we desire. And even knowing something like that, well, how do you prepare yourself for that? How are, how will you handle it when you hear, you know, the dead name or the incorrect pronouns used, right? How do you make sure that you're going to be okay? And how do you want to navigate some of those experiences? That's a really great point. If you're a person that likes, like me, that likes to talk to other people, make sure you have them on speed dial. (laughs) You mean your, your support network? Like that's the way I like to process. Some people like to just reflect on their own first. I usually like to talk to somebody else first do what you need, do things that fill up your cup and just know that you don't have to engage in any conversation. You don't have to answer any questions you want, but try to keep an eye on how you are doing and how you're feeling. Cause like that, that conversation I have with my dad, most days I could have had it. No problem. Not that day. So it's just knowing that. Yeah. The other thing I'm curious about this stories you just shared with us, Diana, you know, happened in private conversations and how are our kids impacted when they actually are listening or hear some of this stuff happening in front of them? And what's coming up for me is just a thought around how do you engage in conversation with your kids to help them understand or start building their own self-awareness around how does that impact you? How do you want to respond? Just like we talked about, hey, what? how do we want to handle it? If your dead name comes out or if so-and-so is not using supportive language, do you have any thoughts about that? I'm curious how you and Clark or you and Dinah navigate that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty open with them. I do like to go back and say, Hey, if you noticed when, you know, grandma called you, she, I just repeated what grandma said with he, like, I don't usually say, no, it's he, like, I don't usually, that's not how I correct. I usually correct by saying, yes, he really likes chocolate. Yeah, there's a strong emphasis on the he. That's the way I correct. And so I'll be like, hey, I noticed that. And this is what I did. What do you think? Part of it to draw attention, to give them tools in their toolbox that when it's them, that's one option they can do. Also to check in with them. Like, I don't really want you to correct them. I don't like it. I'd rather you flat out say he's a boy or whatever. 
then at least we know we're on the same page. So I teach him tools, but I also get a feel of how he wants to handle it. I don't think I'd ever lose my stuff quite like I did in front of my kids. But if I did, (laughs) but I would talk to them about like exactly what I've talked about here. I'm very open. I'm like, you know what? I did not handle that well at all. And when I look back at it, not that it's an excuse, not that it makes it okay. But when I look at these things, here's what I learned. It's okay not to answer questions when you're not in the right headspace for it. Even if they're innocent questions, if you don't want to talk about something, just say, I'd love to answer this question maybe Mm -hmm. another time. I debrief the situation with them. I think that's beautiful. I think it all offers our kids an opportunity to see us, first of all, as human beings, that emotion is real. These experiences we have are real and we, we aren't perfect and we can show up in a way that we're able to self-reflect and engage with our kids, even in that reflection to help them learn as well. Right. There's you all our listeners. We wish you a very happy holiday, however you spend it with whomever you spend it. Whether it's the holidays or the New Year's, it's winter break to me. Sending blessings to all. That's a wrap on this episode of Transparently Speaking. Thanks for joining us today. Join us again on the 1st and 15th of every month for our next podcast. Thank you to Filter for our awesome music. That's P-H-I-L-T-Y-R. Check them out at Apple Music, YouTube Music, Spotify, or anywhere you download music. As a reminder, we welcome your feedback and questions. Email us anytime at transparentlyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. If you're taking something away from our podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take a moment to provide us a review. The more listeners and reviews, the more people we can reach and support. Thanks in advance. Cheers from Joy and Diana.